Welcome to the first episode of the Dicks in the Back Row. I'm your co-host Max Healy here in Nashville, Tennessee. And over in Boston, Mass, we have Tim Begin and Mike Preble. Gentlemen, how are you guys doing? I'm good. This I, is I'm, Tim, and I'm, I'm well. This is Mike, and I'm also well. Well, that's a good start. And then also... Do you notice how we speak, we speak, you know, good English up here, up in Boston, unlike you guys down in Tennessee? I know, because my Tennessee accent is just super twangy. It's coming through, it, Max. It is. And also, uh, special today, we have Derek Brady in Boston. Um, I don't know why it would really be special since this is the first episode, but Derek is also in Boston. Derek, how you doing? Uh, Max, correction, I am in Waltham, Mass. Uh, oh, excuse me. I'm, I'm enjoying my time up here drinking a delicious local brew, Julius, from the Great Treehouse Brewing. Excited to be here. Really excited to be here. Well, that's good. Tim, you having a good time? I'm, I'm having a great time. Me and Paco have hung out a lot. Um, I'm more excited for him to leave right now, but, uh, you know, a man can dream. Yeah. I will say that, that Tim and I just experienced a devastating, uh, slow pitch softball loss in which I gave my heart and soul to a team that I will never see again. He will literally never see anyone on that team again, <laughs> including Tim, including me. Yeah. Well, yes. After seeing him play, I think, uh, I'm, I'm weeding off the, the Derek friendship. When you say like heart and soul, do you mean like your actual heart because you dove on the ground and? Yeah, I had I had a I had a very devastating heart attack. <laughs> yeah, he, he just he, thing. he was at the hospital. The hospital, just to be clear, just ICU. They told me that I was talking about a softball game, but they said that was the nerve endings in my brain firing as I was dying. <laughs> so today from the grave, I have Derek Brady. Derek, how you doing? <laughs> Uh, never better. Never better. I think you'll all agree at that one. We should do a segment at the end with Paco's doctor. <laughs> List, listing off all the conditions he has. And his cholesterol no levels are at dangerous levels. Boy, I'm really enjoying this, guys. Really enjoying this. Well, just uh, besides being fat, uh, before we actually get into the movie today, Derek, uh, do you mind telling the zero people listening what this show is all about? So for all the fans at home, uh, the dicks in the back row, uh, this is going to be a series where we, uh, what I like to say, we poke holes in good movies and absolutely annihilate the horrible ones. Uh, we're going to be kind of discussing series or genres of movies and, and analyzing and, and discussing and uh, talking about the, the positives and, and the negatives of the very, very great movies in those categories and also really just absolutely destroying the steaming piles of shit that also exist in those categories. I think that's pretty apt. Did you, did you boys say that's correct? A superb a superb uh, description. So, it's Good. the most fair description I've heard in yeah. quite some time, to be fair. <laughs> can say it about myself. Eloquent, most say. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Well, for our first episode, we're going to be doing Steven Spielberg's 1993, now classic, because it's 25 years old, Jurassic Park, starring Sam Neill. Laura Dern, Jeff Goldblum as himself, Samuel L. Jackson, and Planet Earth's <laughs> Richard Attenborough. Attenborough? Attenborough? Attenborough. 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 Spiral Agnew. It's Spiral uh, Agnew. <laughs> Max, you left out the great Wayne Knight. Oh, yeah. You got Newman in it, too. You've got to have, have Nedry in this thing. So we'll be talking about Nedry here in a little bit. Before we actually get into it, just like a, a repressed memory, music can trigger a lot of things, 
And this movie is just as memorable for the dinosaurs eating people as it is for John Henry's fantastic scores. So just to kind of rekindle that that's, 90s that's nostalgia. John Henry, the, that's John, John Henry, Williams. the owner of the, God damn it. of the Red Sox ba- uh, baseball team. I just want to make sure. Yeah. How, how about John Henry Williams, Ted Williams' son, who cut his head off? He froze it. <laughs> also, music, also a wonderful composer. Just took a really dark turn. <laughs> well, I mean, we're talking about a movie that has dinosaurs eating people. So we're also okay. talking about the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> talking socks. Our first segment. Talking socks. This podcast team. is actually a, a, about the Boston Red Sox. We just talk about movies on the side. I mean, the dicks in the back row is pretty fitting for a Boston Red Sox podcast. It's not. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> Anywho, as I was saying, John Henry Williams the third, who uh, did the score of this movie. Um, we're going to just play a little clip of one of the more famous scenes of the movie just to kind of rekindle some of that 90s nostalgia. To Jurassic Park. iconic parts of this movie is is the score i mean it, it's timeless it's uh you hear it in your dreams i mean and i think that just really really brought it home for a lot of folks at home it's like a fine wine it gets better in age oh god yeah it just brings you back to a place where there's dinosaurs and jeff goldblum's leather jacket just ground you <laughs> in that place i know that we'll get into this in a little bit more depth later but jeff goldblum is is shirtless for just some might call it an irresponsible amount of time in this movie. That that tan olive skin. Just walking <laughs> around trying to fuck another man's wife. <laughs> Is there anything more anything more gold blue than that? I doubt he's, it. He's he's <laughs> cucking left and right in this movie, by the way. And we'll talk about it here in a few minutes. I, he, you're welcome. He's trying to fuck Richard Attenborough's granddaughter. I think <laughs> well, I'm he's trying to fuck Richard Attenborough. I, would, I was I was, I'm more of a fan of Richard Attenborough. <laughs> <laughs> That that white goatee, mm. and his and his white silk, like almost muumu that he wears. Uh, <laughs> and stop! We're doing a podcast. I can't do this well, right speaking now. Speaking of podcasts, let's get back on topic. So, depending on the movie we're going to choose, I'll <laughs> ask you guys if you've seen the movie prior or if this is the first time that you've seen it. And I know we've all seen this movie before. So let's just go around the horn and just discuss the first time you remember seeing this movie or. What you might remember about this movie when you were a kid, Preble. Sorry, there's a tremendous thunderstorm. Yeah, I don't know if y'all heard that, but that was perfect time, Max. Even from, <laughs> even from uh, that, that was really suspenseful. I like. That. I know, right? It's a, it's pretty nuts. Uh, so I remember seeing. I didn't see this in theaters. I remember my dad and I went to Blockbuster, and we got this film, and we ended up watching it be, and just being. I just one. I didn't really understand like a lot of the intrigue behind it. I was just all about the dinosaurs, especially a dinosaur eating a dude taking a poop was <laughs> was literally like highlight. Just just on top of that was there was really the, the rest of the film was really just downhill from there from a you know five year old's perspective. But uh, but yeah, I just remember that and my family watching Jurassic Park on VHS and just just grooving on it pretty hard. 
Tim? My first memory of Jurassic Park? Um, honestly, I think it had to be... Yeah, you tell the people in the back to shut the fuck up, It had to be the owner, right? <laughs> Can you close the door, please? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll just edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> no, we'll probably edit out most of what Tim says. Could edit this entire podcast. It's going to be one minute long. <laughs> I I just remember being um, very attracted to written Richard Attenborough's granddaughter. Uh, that's, <laughs> strong, that's that's a that is a bold faced lie. Why? Because you know it was Attenborough or Goldblum. They carry this film. No, I perceived myself. I put I placed myself in Jeff Goldblum's persona, and I thought I'm walking around. I'm slanging dick, and <laughs> I'm getting I'm getting the blonde scientist, and I'm getting Attenborough's granddaughter. That's what I thought. But Dr. that's my Sandler? How could you Dr. take her away from from Sam Neill? They're meant to be. Sam Neill is a curmudgeon, and he does not deserve Doctor Sandler. So that's just where I'm at. That's my earliest memory. Oh my god! Kablamo! <laughs> no, sorry, guys. Just. Just farting up a storm over here in the. I don't know how. I don't know why this isn't happening. Like we're Tim. Like Tim and I don't live that far apart. The, the idea of this is only happening in where I am is just really concerning. <laughs> the thunderstorms are covered up by the people in the background where I'm. At. Oh, okay. <laughs> the box. You have walls in your house. Windows protected from the. the no, yeah, man. I, I I thought I thought so. I thought so, and then I realized. Realize I'm in some paper mache house. And I'm just gonna get blown away in about three minutes. Oh god! So so my uh, fun fact, calling back to Preble's conversation. I think this is appropriate to discuss on the first episode of the Dicks in the Back Row. Preble, Matt, Tim. Well, that's a different podcast. We're gonna watch something very different for that one. But uh, uh, I actually once, as a young boy, got lost in a blockbuster. Ooh. Sounds great. I got lost in a blockbuster. Uh, but anyway, so uh, I saw this in theaters when I was a wee young lad. Uh, my uncle took me to see this movie, and uh, which was, in hindsight, a terribly irresponsible choice uh, to take a child of, of my age and, and mental stability to a movie of this stature where, you know, people, like to, to Preble's point, are getting eaten off the pooper. Um, mm-hmm. It... it Late nights, late nights, you know, some some sleepless nights after uh, after I saw this movie, but uh, it doesn't affect me quite as much at the age of thirty, surprisingly. <laughs> so, uh, so for me, I, I saw this movie in theaters too, and I was I think three uh, three and a half or four years old. Um, but when I was little, I used to hang around at my uh, my uncle Dean's office a lot because my mom worked there, and back then she was a single mom, so I used to just kind of just be there. Um, but one of the warehouse guys, his name was Don, was kind of like an uncle to me, and he used to take me to movies, or I'd go over to his kid's house to hang out with them, just anything to kind of get me out of the warehouse. So one of these times he took me to the movies, and I saw this super shitty cartoon movie, which I looked up, and it's called, it was called Once Upon a Forest. And this is actually the description of Once Upon a Forest. It is... The film is about three furlings, the story's term for animal children, who go on an expedition to cure a friend that has been poisoned by chemical fumes. The film's environmental theme divided critics at the time's release, along with the animation and story, 
the film was a box office bomb, grossing $6.6 million against a budget of $13 million. So this movie was awful. So he could tell I was not enjoying it. And he's like, hey, do you want to go see Jurassic Park? He's like, ah, yeah. So I think like out of the 14 theaters, probably 10 of them were playing Jurassic Park at that point. And uh, he took me in. And it's, I remember specifically it was a scene with uh, like the herd of uh, the Gallimimus, like the little small dinosaurs running around. And the T-Rex busts down and eats it. You know, eats one of them. That's, like, specifically, I still remember that. And then... It... Whoa, spoiler alert! Spoiler <laughs> alert! And then uh, the, the second time I saw it in theaters uh, was, like, six months later at this discount theater in Quincy. Uh, they used to, like, play movies, like, six or seven months after they had kind of gone out. And, you know, they were a lot cheaper. And back then, I was obsessed with dinosaurs. And I used to run around like I was a T-Rex. So the movie ends, and I'm running up to the front of the theater. And I have, like, my hands on my chest, like like Mr. Burns or something, and I'm just roaring. And uh, the owner of the theater, like, grabbed me by the arm. He's like, this isn't a playground. And my mom came, like, sprinting down and, like, shoved the dude out of the way. And he's like, don't you fucking tell my kid what to do. It's like, only I can tell them. I'm his, I'm his mother. You're not his mother. So that's the second time I saw it, and I still specifically remember both of those, just like it was yesterday. Can we hear about the 13th, 13th time you've seen um, That was a couple, probably a few weeks after that. <laughs> but anyway i guess we're kind of just going into the movie itself so the movie opens up with the raptors getting transported into their pen and guess what things don't go well let, let me hold on before we get too far before we get one too far into the, the, the three movie. seconds that started in the movie uh, yep there is one person at the beginning of this movie that had absolutely every idea of what was going to happen and that's the african-american gentleman that's looking into the camera in that first scene He's looking, he's looking at this entire scene that's going on thinking, these motherfucking white people, these motherfucking white people, they're going to do it again. They're going to fuck my day up. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, that one man could have pre- prevented this entire thing from happening. Yeah, you know? no, absolutely. And the scene reminds me of Jaws, like Spielberg's intro with, you know, the guy like kind of defining the laws of physics getting like ripped all around the place. <laughs> yes. The monster's just like dragging the person down. You know, that does set up the entire movie. So after that, you uh, you get introduced to uh, the, the lawyer. Uh, what the fuck's his name? Um, Fuck that, yeah. Fuck yeah, that the, lawyer. The, 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 yeah, he dies. Anyway, um, they get uh, the, the family <laughs> of the gatekeepers uh, suing uh, Jurassic Park, $20 million, and the shareholders are demanding that a team of experts uh, tour the park just to make sure it's safe before they actually open to the public. So it just goes into the right into the next thing. So then... He introduced to Dr. Grant and Dr. Sadler digging up a velociraptor. With the worst television in human history, <laughs> so, by the way. So I just I need to say something. Why is it in every Spielberg movie, like, the people go out to the field to have their meetings? That's not how it works. People <laughs> with the money call in the fucking people from the field to have the meeting. <laughs> like, that lawyer guy is probably a fucking gajillionaire. He works for a fucking trillion-dollar firm. Those people out in the field are coming up to New York for that meeting. He's so rich that he is wearing upwards of a $3,000 suit in the middle of the Amazon rainforest. <laughs> that's not that's not how things work. I'm just, uh, I'm sorry. That's the first hole I have in this movie. But Tim, don't you understand how John Hammond runs his operation? It's all hands-on. He's not into all this formal, formal bougie shit. He's just a, he's a man of the people. That's why he just flies on his fancy engine helicopter and totally fucks over their research that they've been working on for the past six months or whatever. Man it's of 165 the million year old dinosaur bones and he like lands a helicopter on top of it. 
<laughs> also, that that first scene where where the lawyer goes out there and they they originally, so I think we just skimmed right over that. They find the mosquito that starts this whole chaos. And if you look in the background, there is one of those workers that is doing a very, very, very lackadaisical job at hammering and picking. If you, it, it, it's like they told him in his direction, hey, hey, bud, you're hammering way too fucking hard. Take it back a notch. Act like you're patting your, your child on the head. Just a little something to look for next time you watch it. For the 14th. Yeah, it'll be like the 42nd time now. <laughs> I, I never noticed that, though. I'm going to go ahead and say that they, they were probably telling him that because it sounded like Prebble's, the thunderstorm that was just in Prebble's uh, <laughs> apartment when he was actually hammering something. So they're like, you got to like tone it back a little bit. Again, I just can't believe the fact that Tim Tim does not live that far from me, as far as I'm aware. And it's <laughs> like this is all a purely localized storm that's just over my 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 tiny shitty apartment. You are officially you are officially Eeyore. There's just clouds over you. <laughs> no. Someone also, get over here and just hammer a nail into my butt, please. Someone get there. Someone get over here, please. Now. Someone put a key on Preble's neck and just tie him up. <laughs> <laughs> I think we'll agree that this movie is proof that mosquitoes are the worst fucking creature in human recorded history. <laughs> How do they find all the mosquitoes? I'm sorry. How many dinosaur species did they? Bro, did tree they... sap, tree sap, bro. No, 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 no. What I'm saying is that you're gonna. I guarantee most of the mosquitoes they find, which probably aren't a lot, they're finding like 99% of brontosaurus fucking mosquitoes, because those things are fat and they're slow, and that's what mosquitoes are eating. Where are they finding this raptor, raptor DNA out of these mosquitoes? I'm just saying, I'm just calling bullshit in the whole thing. It's not that easy to do this. I don't. Let's not focus on the science of this. I know that's what this whole movie is based on, but let's not focus on the science of this. Let's focus on the people fucking getting eaten. <laughs> well, speaking of people too, so with that shitty uh, that shitty TV that Grant's like lecturing the you know about dinosaurs coming from birds and everything, oh you get that super shitty fat kid. Who like Grant just like pretty much shoves oh, into a locker, and like threatens to cut his stomach open. Oh, that that kid! If he would have been in more of the movie, would have easily been my least favorite character. I would have loved for him <laughs> that, to get eaten by that, a velociraptor. That ambisexual little weirdo. It's like more like a giant turkey. <laughs> Shut up, you fat piece of shit. Fuck that kid. Fuck that kid. I guarantee the writers. The writers had that kid dying in a gruesome manner later in the movie, and then like the studios came in, and were like, you can't kill like a five-year-old that, that has a gender identified yet. right well he so, well, spielberg hadn't done um uh this is next movie yet either so i mean i think there's plenty of five-year-olds to get killed in that what was this next movie dark. Uh, schindler's list schindler's list yeah mm. that, there's that, a couple that, people <laughs> but it's black and white so uh, it doesn't yeah. count are you are you sitting here telling me that there are people killed in schindler's list because i missed that <laughs> I thought it was about dinosaurs, too. Yeah. That, I thought that was Schindler's, Schindler's list of favorite dinosaurs. I was gonna say, wasn't that just the 1930s version? It's like, we don't have the technology. I agree. But these people are really working hard, just looking around the ground for some bones and shit. And this is what it is. Then Hammond oh. just throws a bunch of money at him. He's like, ah, I'll pay for it for the next three years. Just come on down for a here, weekend. It'll be here fun. There you go, Hitler. <laughs> <laughs> Mm, I think we just may have cracked the code. Hammond, is, Hammond was Hitler's number one supporter. And Mangala was doing all the DNA research. 
<laughs> so do you think like if they had a bunch of brontosaurus dna and they're like they, there's no way that they knew what it was until they actually made the dinosaur so you think right. it's like ah shit it's another brontosaurus oh, like, oh, so, yeah, throw it in the trash this is what begat pokemon how do you mean you, i need an explanation yeah. of this yeah, well, yeah, well as we what were is pokemon? all huge pokemon fans uh it, it it stands for pocket monsters max mm. uh get with the times um, so this is another you know, another discussion about you being touched as a child. Max, I told you that confidence. <laughs> Wait, was that, was that your uncle? It, he did take me to a dark movie theater. I I was really concerned when Max said he went to a budget theater, but um, but yeah, <laughs> it's uh you know it's a uh, it, it's 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 pocket monsters. You breed them. They grow, you know, that you don't know what you're getting sometimes. You're like, oh, I don't want one of those. I want one of these. I mean, I pretty, I think if you ask any Pokemon expert, pretty ap- accurately describe that one. So we're still talking about Jurassic Park, right? Yes. All right. So the next scene that you get is uh, the introduction to Dennis Nedry. Uh, oh, oh, yes. I'm probably going to call him Newman a couple of times in this just by accident. You have to call him Newman. That's the his name. great Wayne Knight. He is great in this. He's, he is one of my favorite characters in this movie. Surprisingly, I went online because I thought, surely he's dead of a heart attack by now. Very much still alive. Not so much in this movie, though. The most apt scene ever, introduction ever, he just spins around in a chair eating a glazed donut. <laughs> that, you, that you know was like an old, old glazed donut that was like in the, the break room. You know what I mean? And like oh, yeah. someone... Someone looked at it and was like, I can't eat that. It's like two days old. And then Dennis Nedry just came in and fucking housed it. Looks both ways to see what yep. he's around. Yeah. <laughs> just just like blows the dust off of it. In this scene, <laughs> in this scene, I've got to ask, when was the last time you thought about Barbasol? <laughs> Great product placement. Great Barbasol. product placement. The number one shaving cream for DNA pouchers and people that get eaten by dinosaurs. And homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, so Nedry's getting paid $1.5 million to uh, steal a bunch of DNA samples because he's pissed that Hammond uh, didn't give him a raise. And um, I mentioned this prior to you guys, but not when recording. But uh, an interesting note. So that guy, Dotson, so he's the, the main villain in the second book, The Lost World. And that guy must have just been like super excited when he read that book because it came out like a year or two after this movie. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm going to be like the main villain of this next movie. This is going to be amazing. And then they made the movie, and they just completely cut his character out, and they made him uh, John Hammond's nephew instead. So he must have been a little disappointed. <laughs> I mean, great, great choice in my opinion. Also, the uh, Nedry uh, again, maybe one of my favorite characters in this movie. Um, Nedry, I'm worried about the fact that he was more concerned with Dotson paying for his lunch than he. <laughs> He was collecting the additional $750,000 up front. He gave him $750,000. It's like, you're going to pay for this pie, right? $75 Mexican lunch? $75. That thing, oh, that, that's worth like 75 cents tops. Tim, we saw a brief glimpse into that lunch. We know that that was a two to three hour lunch. You're, you're, saying, you're saying that was a, a breakfast that turned into a lunch. <laughs> this is where brunch began. Although I have to say, I have to say, I just have to interject here that the worst, although Max's, Max's point is good, that this person was supposed to be the main villain for the second book, the real problem is that the guy who portrayed this individual in real life 
is not fun, but is like a serial sex predator and is actually <laughs> in jail. Like in real life, he's serious? In real life, the actor who portrayed, who portrayed Dodson is like, was recently sent to us like a, like a, like a serial child predator. So oh just, you know, yeah, he could have been the villain, but now he's just getting, he's just getting his ass beat in jail, basically. And everyone legitimately thought that was going to be Nedry. If you were to tell me, <laughs> if you were to ask me which one, it would have clearly been Nedry. If you were to put those two in front of me in that scene and go, which one of these guys is a child predator? Which one of these guys do you want to fuck? <laughs> oh, God. Well, well no, that's, say, not, can, that's not can what I, I was both? thinking. Can I, yeah. can I be both? I don't know. I'm starting to get I mean, really I'm, worried about I'm, you, Derek. <laughs> do you think when he's in the showers now, they're like, Dodson! We got Dodson here! <laughs> this right, be- right before which segues they us- take advantage of him. <laughs> Segways us right into our main point of conversation, which is Jerry Sandusky. So, <laughs> go so on. What is the next? Okay, so what is the next scene after the lunch? All right, so with after Dutch the lunch, um, it's the flight. It's there. Yeah, they're on the helicopter going to the park. So then you're finally introduced to, you know, but seven minutes in, introduced to Ian Malcolm, played by Jeff Goldblum. Why is there a mathematician there? Why did they think uh, to bring a mathematician? Uh, chaos chaos station. Chaos station. Thank you, Paco. Okay, okay. Why? Why did they need a? Why did they need a chaos station? Who was like sitting in a meeting and was like, "Who do we need to go to vet this park?" Like you would think a biologist, right? Archaeologist. <laughs> you got two archaeologists. You might want a biologist, a zoologist, any of these ologists. I'm. I could list so many <laughs> ologists here before I get to fucking. A chaostician. Who I'll thought be, of this? I'll be honest. This movie's been out for 25 years to Max's point. This is the first time at the age of 30, even having seen this numerous times, that I've ever heard of chaostician. I guess it's, a, just... it's a made up thing. It's a made up thing. There's no one out there except for Jeff Goldblum's ghost as a chaostician. <laughs> oh, the sweet, sweet Jeff Goldblum. So I think Laura Dern is like a botanist or something in this. Like she's like a an expert in plants. Paleobotanist. Yeah, right. Paleobotanist. God, Preble, you are on point tonight, man. I'm about this movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, but their experts is like a money sucking lawyer, one dude who knows dinosaurs, a person who's an expert in plants, and then a mathematician. Right. This is their chaotician. Chaotician. Also, I'm... Jeff Jeff Goldblum in this scene is acting like a meth addict. He is, his direction must have been just absolutely insane. So within the first 20 <laughs> seconds of meeting him, like he's automatically hitting on Laura Dern, like immediately. He tries to fuck everything. In- including John Hammond. So did you guys notice when he's like talking, he like squeezes Hammond's leg? Thank God he wasn't there for the sick Triceratops set scene. Oh, Just trying to mount it. <laughs> <laughs> Why did they build the helipad in the middle of a ravine? where there's like dangerous crosswinds <laughs> why why is there one seat that only has two female seat belts sides? right that's some nice foreshadowing <laughs> everyone else has their goddamn seat belt. he he cannot have two female seat belt buckles this is this is ridiculous poor craftsmanship if i have to i demand to know who is the manager of continuity in this movie you, you say you spare no expenses but you have two female seat belts your helicopter was built on a budget. Also, we skipped this earlier, but I would like to point out, you say you spare no expense. John Hammond at one point in this movie says that he owns an island. And then in the very next breath says 
he leased it from the government. That's not the same fucking thing. That's not the same thing. So nope. clearly he did spare an expense or two. The seatbelts and actual purchase of said island. Those poor fucking Costa Ricans, man. Foreshadowing to, to, to uh, the third one that we're going to – we'll talk about that later. Right. Oh, they're, they're all off. I, they're all like 70 to 100 miles off the coast of Costa Rica. Those poor bastards. Into that, so the next scene is the, uh, the you see the dinosaur, the, the bronchosaurus for the first time. And also, I mean, the CGI holds up. Like, you can tell it's on a screen. I mean, it's, I think it's oh, yeah. better than what's what they're doing now. When they pull up to this this scene, no one in in any of the vehicles has any idea that there's dinosaurs around. And then all of a sudden, they just he, it, someone just happens to glance to the left and sees this 300 fucking foot dinosaur <laughs> that no one caught out of the corner of their eye as they were driving up. They're not uh, that they're, they're not that far away. You'd hear that thing walking. Like you if would, it's wa- we, we walking also, around. I mean, Jesus Christ, that blew me away. And then when 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 Dr. Grant does finally see it, he takes his glasses off so fucking aggressively. Two hands, clamors them off. So I think it might be the genetics too, since they breed them with a frog, that maybe they're just extremely quiet when they want to be. Yeah, a 7,000-pound animal. Yeah. It's like it's oh, like yeah. that scene. Is it, it's like out of the uh, one of that Simpsons episode when they see the Loch Ness monster and they like look to the left and then they look to the right and then they just look straight ahead and it's like a towering huge monster like right in front of them. <laughs> These dinosaurs learned how to tiptoe. So the next, so then you know, Grant does ask Hammonds how are you able to do this? So you get some good exposition by the DNA cartoon saying that they took dinosaur DNA from mosquitoes. And then they use dog or dog frog DNA. <laughs> oh, that would make for a, a really, really exciting movie. <laughs> oh what God. accent is on the narrator of that movie, though? <laughs> the one that goes Dino DNA. Oh God, yes. No. What what accent is that? It's a friendly says, southern accent. Dino is that a sours. southern accent? It's. I thought it was an Australian accent. He says dinosaurs. 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 I actually wrote in my note D I N E O O O S A A A A A R R R. What part of the South speaks like this, Paco? The best parts. The best mm. parts of the South? Which clearly I'm not from, so <laughs> you have to ask someone with yeah. a little bit better background in that topic. Although I have to say, I, I always enjoyed like the little animation of them finding like the fossilized ca- captured neighbor. I don't know why. It God, just reminded me like of the, the video game. And I was just like, this is amazing. Like God. way to go. Oh, oh yeah. Amazing. That is a good point. I like that too. Oh, what was the name of that paper person. clip on like the Windows ninety five? Clippy. Uh, Clippy. Yeah. Clippy. 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 Yes. They're like the same thing, right? Like the like the DNA thing and then Clippy. Don't they remind you of the same? Actually Clippy if Clippy ever actually spoke, I assume you'd have some weird pseudo southern accent about don't y'all wanna come on here and just put on some crazy ass shit? It's like, don't, oh, I don't think don't so, Clippy. Don't Clippy's you put a, a double negative in there? <laughs> 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 Better go back and fix that comma slice. <laughs> Lindsey Graham just very feminine. <laughs> oh my heavens! Oh my heavens! That requires a semicolon. <laughs> Surprisingly, that was actually that. That was not one of our one of our commenters here. That was actually a scene from the movie. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so during this, all this like you know, the exposition about the DNA and all that stuff, you get a nice little uh, monologue from uh, Jeff Goldblum, and you get a couple of good lines in there too. So you get the "Life Finds a Way" quote, and then you get the uh, "There it is." 
where he licks his lips. <laughs> oh, yes. And then you got oh. John Hammond who just turns around. He's like, yeah, it's fucking great. Anyway, who, anybody want to get lunch? From Chef Alejandro. <laughs> he made that he made that very clear three to four times in this movie that Chef Alejandro was going to cook lunch. Do you think that he made it out of the kitchen? Or do you think the Raptors got him uh, later on? Oh. <laughs> Well, I would like to point out, I hope the Raptors got him because they say that he is preparing a meal of chili and sea bass. Chilean sea bass. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, it's Chilean uh, sea bass. Uh, that's, my, that's my southern accent, guys. I heard chili <laughs> and sea bass. And I was like, that sounds like the worst fucking combination in human recorded history. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You thought it, you thought it said, he said chili and sea bass. Chili and sea bass. As like, you know. Like, Separate. Like, yeah, it was clearly a two-course lunch. And, uh, yeah, I thought to myself, that's fucking gross. Yeah. I can I can just see Paco at home, like, well, chili and CMS doesn't sound good, but if Chef Alejandro likes it, then I got to make this. You're, you know, you're, running, you're running a Michelin star restaurant on a fucking on a dinosaur master island. Well, you're, you, say, you must know what he's talking about. You're flat out lying to yourself if you... Don't think that I went home and immediately tried to cook chili and sea bass and see how it paired. How did it go? It didn't go. I'm lying. I'm lying. Go. What do you no, think the uh, the Yelp review for the Jurassic Park restaurant was? Oh, God. Overpriced, <laughs> bad atmosphere, dinosaurs eat you. Two stars. Went with a ferocious appetite. The best part about that is they got two stars. It's like, yeah, like I died, but you know what? Food was all right. Food was good enough to make up a couple stars. I ordered my steak medium roar, and it came out well done. <laughs> yeah. oh, oh, oh. Well, I guess I'll see you guys later. Guess yep, I, gotta... podcast, guys. Yeah, I guess that's a podcast. We just I don't know. If, I don't know if the two people it. listening to this knew, but this is a pun cast. But guys, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> brought my dad jokes today, guys. All right. Honestly, because I, I want to talk God about Muldoon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That, that's that. That is gonna be the next thing. So after this. Uh, uh, you get the cow massacre where the raptors are just destroying that cow in like a matter of seconds. And then you got Muldoon coming back in with his extremely strong thighs. Oh, oh those thighs. Also, going back to the, the raptor feeding. They choose throughout this movie the least efficient ways to feed these animals. <laughs> if you look at the raptor feeding, they come back up with this, this whatever harness for this cow. And it is completely annihilated. Their harness and goat pole overhead must be extremely high. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to just let, let this thing just get absolutely devoured, you might as well just, like, get the cow and just push it off, like, just off the ledge. Just toss the fucking thing in there. Sorry, <laughs> Peter. Paco, again, he spares Peter, I'm no not expense. Sorry. He spares no expense. He doesn't care about <laughs> how many harnesses he's yeah. blowing up. Did someone get a count on how many times he says that? Uh, no, I, mm, I do have a count mm, later a that we're going to get into that's exciting. But the the lack of length, the, I don't know what it is, but the correlation between the lack of length in Muldoon's shorts and the very extreme length of his socks <laughs> throughout the movie became oddly erotic to me. Muldoon never skips legs day. <laughs> Purple, you're a history you're a history major, right? Yes, I, yes, Timothy, I, I am. In what era? In what era do you think the, that the last version of Muldoon's outfit was worn? Do you think, like, the 1850s? 
<laughs> I mean, it's probably like during like the times of like, you know, the great safari, the great safari times of, you know, it's like, like oh, it's 1880. And, you know, like it's just the British Empire is just run amok and it's just just murder, murder and mayhem. Just riding on the back of like, like pygmy people. <laughs> <laughs> just riding, just riding on the back of as many conquered people as they found. Muldoon is like the hunter from Jumanji. Like, just kind of lamer. Oh, my God. Guys, guys, let's stop talking poorly about Muldoon. He's probably my favorite character in this movie. Yeah. He's and a great character. If he's not yours, you're fucking wrong. Everything I mean, he says is true. Like, literally, no, everything right. that he says. The first nope, thing that he nope, says nope, is nope, shoot her. Nope, 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 nope. You're wrong, Max. Because he clearly, at one point, says that raptors hunt in packs, and, and then fucking gets killed hunting one fucking raptor on its own. No, the other one ambushed him. <laughs> Yeah, because he was focusing on one fucking raptor. Right. He he literally had like an entire five minutes of exposition about how smart and how like much of a pack hunter they are, and then he like gets tricked. That's how That's he true. dies. He got tricked. Like he fell for the trick. He's like, oh, I'm gonna follow this one into the woods. I'm there not gonna be any others in there. No, he was he uses his hat as like the distraction, which is the best part. He's like, ah, <laughs> you know, these things are so yeah. these things are such. Geniuses! I know what'll bamboozle them if I take off my weird hat and put. They've never seen me without a hat. They won't know who I am. Oh, that hat! Best character in the movie. Nothing wrong with him. But I like that he says it's like, well, these things are eight feet tall. They're they're like super aggressive wolves, and they can run sixty miles an hour. They have great memories, and the pack leader killed six out of eight raptors. How many how many middle aged divorcees do you think just fawned over? Muldoon throughout this movie. Every time they saw him, they just thought, that'll make a good father. He'll protect me. He'll also- protect me until until all the raptors come and just absolutely annihilate him. And then he just so drops the ball. Until then. Those sweet, sweet thighs. So one one other thing about Muldoon is at one point when the 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 whole the whole group gets into the cars to go on the, the trip, Muldoon comes in and he's like Oh, I'm tracking a tropical depression off of blah blah blah. Why did he become a weatherman? Why, <laughs> why did Muldoon become a meteorologist? Also, fastest moving storm fucking ever. It's like 80 miles off the coast. Within 30 minutes, it is just bearing down on these it's people. It's bearing down on them. It's like and raining T Rexes. And it stays for the rest of the fucking movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what happens when you have a, a zoo in, in a, like a tropical island. I mean, you're gonna get some weather. You're a magnet for tropical storms. You're not wrong there, Max. The insurance company should have never insured them. Also, <laughs> this tour is where you easily meet the worst fucking character in the movie, and that's little Timmy. Little, little, little Tim. <laughs> Fuck that kid. I, I When he got electrocuted, sorry, spoiler alert, I prayed that he would not make it. What? Oh, fuck that kid. <laughs> Grant's like, uh, which car are you going to be in? Because I'm going to just be in the other one. He's that kid is literally every man's fear of children personified in one character. Just exactly I, talking, fucking everything up. Just the worst kid. I wholeheartedly disagree. Timmy is a great character, probably the best character in the movie. Great name. And and if you guys would notice, he has a wonderful little tied bandana around his neck. Yeah. Very. He's accessorized to the T. He's like our good friend Jeff Dawson. He knows how to accessorize. <laughs> That'll really resonate with the listener. <laughs> We've now everyone, gone from two to one listener. Everyone knows how stylish Jeff Dawson is. For the listeners at home, Jeff Dawson is a man who finds 
the the best and most wonderful finds in pleather and tight, tight, dark jeans. And he makes it look good. Oh, God. Him so I will, I will hear nothing more about Timmy. Oh, fuck, fuck Timmy. That, look, that kid. All right, Max, take, yep. take this thing. We're, we are off the fucking rails. <laughs> We're still like about 25 minutes into this movie. We're an hour in, and we are 25 actual minutes in the movie. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to have a lot of material. So the tour starts after they get the warning about the weather, and Hammond's like, ah, it'll, it'll probably just pass like the last one, and it does not. But the tour is getting started, and, you know, the dinosaurs aren't Hold standing. Hold on to your butts. Hold on to your butts, <laughs> I know. You get the first one of those. You get Sam Jackson, who's has a cigarette in his mouth like a toothpick the entire movie. Oh, 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 boy. I, I counted. The amount of cigarettes that Samuel Lawrence Jackson smokes in this movie, and it's an astounding amount for the for what I can only imagine is thirty minutes of actual real time. How many was it? Well, well, oh, it, it, we're looking at six cigarettes before he gets his shit rocked. <laughs> Coincidentally, from my extensive research. He took one drag off of cigarette in the entire movie. The rest of the time, it's just hanging off his lips, ready to fall off and set his pants on fire. So the tour starts, though. The dinosaurs aren't standing next to the main road. You know, they have, like, acres and acres of area, and they're just expecting it to, like, walk up to the car and be like, oh, what's that? The lovely grandfather decides to literally sacrifice a lamb in front of his 6- and 11-year-old grandchildren. What's the matter, kid? You never had lamb chops? That's what the mm. fucking law... Fuck that lawyer, too. Such a, God, I hate that guy. Yeah, he deserves to die. So after two no-shows, uh, no uh, Goldblum again decides to hit on Laura Dern's character in front of Grant again uh, before they just Hashtag jump out of the car. <laughs> before they jump out of the car. And then you got that other... Like, another good line of Goldblum's going, now I'm uh, talking to myself. So <laughs> how much longer do you think he was talking to himself before he got out of the car? I... I can only imagine hours, but um, what I was more concerned about was the fact that they, they and, and again, the best character in the movie, Muldoon, brings us up. I told you we should have had locking mechanisms on the door. There are violent, very dangerous animals around, and they're just like, oh, you know what, ride through this park, get out when you want to, we're not going to lock the doors on you, go exploring if you want. No fucking lock and locking mechanisms on the door. Astounding. They have a bathroom station next to the T, like the T Rex cage. Who doesn't <laughs> want to take a shit and look at a T Rex? <laughs> Why are these no windows? Uh, I've probably seen this movie the same amount of times on a shitter as you have just in your entire life. I mean, dinosaurs and poop. Clearly, as as Spielberg knew, went together very yeah. well. Speaking like, of poop, that's a great tie-in because then you get this stick, uh, the sick uh, Stegosaurus. Um, and then you got uh, Lardern just like digging through everything, but this is again like where the this movie the, their effects are just so much better than the new ones because this was like an actual like anim animatronic dinosaur, so they're actually physically acting with it. Compared to now, they would just have like the guy who plays Golem like sitting with a bunch of like balls in, in like a jumpsuit, and you'd have like Sam Neill like breathing on his back. <laughs> also, not many people know this actual real pile of dinosaur shit. Derek is an expert in poop. Yeah, you, and in dinosaurs. But then you... <laughs> oh, yeah. What is happening? Do you want to get that, Brad? Uh, no. <laughs> um, I'll be right back. 
<laughs> Dude, Brett is fucking this whole thing up. With his what is happening? Paper mache house. <laughs> I swear to God, like it's I've never a trolley out. It's actually a trolley outside. It's not an actual doorbell. I've legitimately, never been in a house where I've heard the weather events so vividly. So, one thing I noticed as well. This is kind of off topic. Um, and this just more as a commentary on how terrible people are nowadays. Um, I saw a Facebook post, I actually not that long ago, that had Steven Spielberg leaned up against the Stegosaurus, and it it said, you know, just Steven Spielberg hunts this this poor defenseless animal, and people were up mm-hmm. in fucking arms about it, up in fucking arms about that's an animal that that's been fucking extinct for sixty five million years well 65 million as of 1993 65 million in 20 so uh two things about that number one this is a machine and number two it's a machine dinosaur that produces a substantial pile of shit how do you think they made the fake shit like what do you think constituted the fake shit i hope it was the same thing that they used to make the fake mud that that piled on top of the barbasol can spoiler alert because that was definitely soft serve. <laughs> I think they just asked Wayne Knight just to go to a bathroom for like 25 minutes and then he just came back. <laughs> uh, uh, you're, you're, you're probably not wrong. Damn, that, <laughs> surprisingly, that, that pile of shit is only half the size of Wayne Knight. Um, also, the, the and Tim, this is more directed to you. I want to get your feedback on the depth of Dr. Sadler's arm into that shit. Um, for me, it stirred up some feelings. I mean, it stirred up good and bad feelings with me. I, I have, to, I, I'm not going to lie. I, um, I guess I, you know, I simultaneously was concerned about being a 40 year old man when they have to jam their fist up your butt to check your prostate. Concerned then, or excited? Well, I was Again, little mixed feelings. I'm think mostly excited about that. <laughs> mostly excited about having a cold old man's f- finger up my butt. That's what that that's what that scene said to me. Okay, okay. talking about Jurassic Park. <laughs> Back to you, Tim. <laughs> also, also Tim, uh, or Tim and Max and, and Preble, the whole group, and and all of our wonderful, wonderful thirteen listeners. Um, the, the six foot tall piles of shit actually did stir up some some flashbacks. Uh, if anyone's ever been to Bonnaroo, yeah. I, I once woke up in the morning and, and went to the porta potty thinking, I'm, I'm a morning shitter, guys. I'm here to tell you, I'm a morning shitter. Um, and I went, you know, thinking, oh, I'm going to have this nice, leisurely shit. It's nice and cool outside. It's not 98 degrees, you know, which is a phenomenal boy band. But um, went, went to the toilet, opened the door. And there was a pile of shit that was above the level of the toilet seat. And I be- immediately became concerned oh. thinking, who was the last oh, person who was the last person to take a shit in here and how did they do it? Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the story of how they got all this shit for Jurassic Park. <laughs> so, and and this is about the time that all thirteen people turn off for the last time. <laughs> These guys, this is their first episode, they mentioned shit. 
perhaps, oh, I don't know, half, uh, a biggest dozen. Um, so I think, I think they're just going to get, this is like their launching pad for, <laughs> for just total shit talk. So a All doorbell right, so rings, and then they talk about shit for 25 minutes, and then it just ends. <laughs> so apparently a thunderstorm, just door, doorbells on doorbells, and then shit. So, so back to the theme. All right. Back to the scene. Okay, so going back to... Okay, all right. Hey, shut the fuck up. I'm talking now. All right. So, <laughs> mm. <laughs> so uh, the storm picks up, and Nedry deactivates the security system, and he goes in to steal all the DNA embryos. Oh, boy. Watching Nedry execute covert ops, that's exciting stuff. <laughs> I, I do like that Hammond's like, where's Nedry? Check the vending machines. <laughs> It's immediate assumption. Check, check, he, knows, he knows his heart. Check the Stegosaurus fields. <laughs> <laughs> now Nedry has the embryos and he's driving to the dock when he does like the classic fat guy thing. So he's sweating too much. His glasses are all foggy and then he crashes into the dock sign. Oh, he, he wrecks into like seven things in this scene. <laughs> it's classic Newman. Just, just fat guy stupid. Who's the guy on the boat that he calls? Is that Dodson? I don't think that so. That's interesting. Is that just a random accomplice? He also says when you gotta go, you gotta go as well, which is kind of weird. Let's be honest. I don't think think a ferry captain to a Jurassic Zoo probably makes all that much. He probably was in for a bit of the cut. Okay, so just a random accomplice, we're we're saying. Random, wild old sailor. I think if it was Dotson, he'd probably like hold the boat up. He's like, I just gave you $750,000 for this, so I'll probably just wait until you can give me the rest. You know? That's a good point. Right, and in said rainstorm, if it was Dotson, he would still be wearing sunglasses. That is true. That's very and, good point, and the and the Hawaiian shirt and molesting oh. children. Yes, as you now know. God, you learn something new every day, and that's something I did not want to know. So thank you. I can't you're, wait. you're all you're I, all welcome for that. I can't wait to look up his track record after this podcast. So, Preble, what other actors have uh, touched children? <laughs> well, well, fellas, let me just. Bring out my list here that I keep a, keep handy just in Let's case this right question in. ever arises. Let me just get right into it. Hanoi Jane, number one. <laughs> so also Roman uh, Polanski. That, that is true. Also, just uh, watching the scene though, when he's like, he's just you know Newman's just driving all over the place, just crashing into everything. Just reminds me of that Seinfeld scene when he's like in the mail truck and it just lights up on fire. <laughs> uh, Max, Max, I'm sorry. Is this a, is this a Seinfeld podcast or is this a Jurassic Park podcast? Once, twice, three times the lady. Three times the lady. Oh my god! <laughs> Here's something that is a theme throughout Jurassic Park. I like the abruptness of when they kill off a character and they're just gone. Like oh, yeah. no one ever no one even thinks about them anymore. Can, can I point like, out something that, that we didn't talk about? And that's the, the the construction workers that were working on the visitor center. What the fuck happened to them? They got in the boat and left. Yeah, great. The skeleton get, crew, yeah. skeleton crew for the weekend. When they like go through the embryo area, you can hear Sam Jackson on the like the intercom being like, "Everyone needs to leave in four more fucking minutes." <laughs> I'm late for my next role. Uh, the guy in Deep Blue Sea that gets eaten roughly oh, halfway through the uh, middle of the movie. Oh, I can't wait to do that one. <laughs> yeah, we will be doing that one for sure. You guys, Spoiler, you guys might want to eliminate me from that one because I cannot watch that movie without just constantly masturbating. So Dodson. Driving along. Dodson's driving along. Dodson's the rapist. We're talking about Nedry. Sorry, sorry. Nedry, Nedry, driving along. Smashes down a waterfall. Right? Am I? Am I? 
I'm correct about that, right? And that's where we see we passed the pin yeah. earlier. We didn't see him, but we see quite possibly the second most badass dinosaur. And guys, I don't know if you know what it is. It's the Dilophosaurus. Skipping ahead a little bit with the Dilophosaurus thing, but uh, when I was watching that scene, Logan was extremely intrigued. Like the Dilophosaurus, when he's like poking his head out left and right, my dog it was just like following him around, just looking everywhere. And then the thing like spurted out, and he's kind of like went backwards a little <laughs> bit and looked at me. I'm like, don't get any ideas, buddy. For the listener at home, you might originally think that Max has children. No, that's his dog. That was my dog. dog. Yeah. Not his road dog, but his actual canine companion. They cut back after Nedry, and they cut back, and uh, they still can't find um, Newman. Or Nedry. They can't find Nedry. <laughs> and then Sam Jackson tries to manually log in, and he gets the, the uh, 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 didn't uh, say uh, the magic word. Uh, uh, classic. Uh, and I think that was, like, the realest delivery in the entire movie is Sam Jackson just screaming at, it, at like, the caricature of, of Nedry. With a cigarette in his mouth. Please! I hate this hack of crap. I hate this hack God of crap. God damn it! Yeah, I hate this hack of crap. Classic. He does, he does deliver a wonderful, like, series of lines there, though. When he goes, like, fast, he's like, oh, about, you know, 200 million, you know, lines of code. Oh, oh yeah. That's when he, that's the second time he takes a dragon. Right. Yeah, yeah. I think literally six cigarettes, six cigarettes that he smokes in this movie, he takes maybe two to three drags. So I... These things are just burning naturally. They're like a forest fire in his mouth. Do you guys think Samuel Jackson's agent like wanted him to do this movie? I, do you think... I, I was just gonna ask. Yeah. You know, do he you haven't done anything yet? Do you like Sam Jackson better as a as a character actor, or do you like him better as you know, motherfucker? I'm gonna kill you. Whoa. Yeah, I like that one. This is like Samuel Jackson's one of his first roles. Oh, it's early. It's one of his it's first. Of his, yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, I thought he was. Like, he was. Stop. He was in Goodfellas. Oh. He was he was uh he was like the jazz player in Goodfellas that Joe Pesci shoots in the head and then the guy's like walking he's like no take the coffee and the guy like takes the coffee mug he's like what the fuck no put the coffee mug down and he's like oh you said beat the and then you turn around and he's asking is Marcellus Wallace a bitch what does Marcellus Wallace look like because I think that's like the, that's like the next year so. for the listeners at home yeah, that's full fiction we're talking about Jurassic Park okay so back to it because this is taking way too long. Um, <clears throat> So you get back to everybody. They're in their, uh, they're in the SUVs. They're stuck in the storm because all the power went off. And I also like how the lawyer is yelling at Tim for like playing with the night vision. Are they heavy? And specifically, <laughs> yeah. And they're expensive. How the, how the times have changed. We are thirty to forty seconds from this guy getting his shit fucking rocked. After that, you get the, uh, the glass water rippling. Scene. Oh boy, is there a more iconic scene in early '90s movie history? So do you guys know how that was that was made? Um, Nedry started walking around around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's Nedry right over there. <laughs> you gotta remember the T Rexes are extremely silent walkers. Nedry is the loudest thing that's in there. <laughs> hey Nedry, you're dead at this point. Let's just walk you around the car here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, someone's knocking at your door now, Preble. <laughs> oh, excuse me, guys. Can we just take another five-minute break? How did they do? How did they do that? So Spielberg, he was in, he was inspired by uh, he was listening to Earth, Wind, and Fire in his car, and he was getting like the vibrations from the, the rhythm of like, the bass was doing that. The first night yeah. of September, I was changing yep. all my eyes. Remember? Uh, no, one, no one's Earth, Wind, and Fire fan here. Hopefully, one of our seven fans is. Someone's singing along. 
So the person who's running the effects for the scene didn't know how to do it until he put a what like a glass of water on his guitar that he was playing that like gave the ring of water that Spielberg wanted. And this is like such like a movie thing to do. So what they so what they did was they ripped out part of the car. They put a guy under the dash of the car with a guitar and he was just playing like under the dashboard as the, that scene was happening. Just playing like a D chord every 4 to 5 seconds. <laughs> Yeah. Are uh, they are they not aware that electricity can travel great distances? Or, or, also, or if Spielberg like... was listening to a song and he's like, "Oh, that's cool. Like, why don't you just put the song on the on the the stereo of the car?" Or just maybe have someone under the fucking car just pounding up under the fucking thing, just shaking it a little. Yeah. Or if you wanted to use a speaker, you just have a speaker and then play the sound through it. Seems like a very roundabout way of doing things. But Tim, yeah. to your point, we've got to remember 1993. Facebook wasn't a thing. Twitter wasn't a thing. Cell phones were in their very early stages. It's a different world, Tim. Different world. Now it's talking 1993 with Derek <laughs> <laughs> Your local NPR station presents 1993 with Derek Paco Brady. <laughs> what happened? Go on. <laughs> uh, August eighth. I'm not sure, guys. Nixon resigned. This is this is on me. This is on me. Nixon resigned in '93. No, no, just on the day. <laughs> he died the next year. So the the power is out at this point. The power's out, right? Power's out. We're in the car. The lawyer. I mean, I think at this point we can safely discern that the lawyer is taking a full blown, very unathletic sprint to the bathroom. This tiki hut yes. of a toilet, which seems like a, I mean, even for tourists, that seems like a terrible structure. When does the uh, the dinosaur rip through the fence? Right about now, right? All right. So right about now. So yeah, you get that money shot of the, the lamb leg getting thrown against right, the other windshield. Right. And then the T-Rex makes his first appearance. Your girlfriend, very, very afraid at this point. Yes. Yeah, she's she's going. He left so, us. He left us. He left us. <laughs> I don't know that man. Why would he stay? I mean, if there's one place that she should be running to, it's into the 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 burly, leathered arms of Jeff Goldblum, so that he can <laughs> gently caress her. This is getting gross because she's too young. It's just wrapping his sweating his way leather, too much. Leather jacket arms around her. Oh. <laughs> Just whispering sweet uhs to her over and over again. Again, we are near Costa Rica. What in what I'm assuming is the summer, judging by the weather. And Jeff Goldblum, the entire movie is wearing jeans and a fucking leather jacket. Makes no sense. He is Jeff Dawson. <laughs> Enjoy that one, listeners at home. <laughs> Inside references are the best on podcasts. Uh, so going out to I, my favorite part of the podcast is when they're talking about the person who I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about this is this is just media 101 guys so anyways <laughs> my second favorite was the guy i didn't know talk about the dog i didn't know <laughs> yeah t-rex breaks through the fucking fence um which is great cgi by the way that that is some good computer works 25 right years ago zach zach snyder take notice um rips through the fence everyone else take notice fucking goes to work on this car Thanks a lot for the fucking ultra bright flashlight that the industrial strength, like TV sized flashlight that she thinks, Oh, this is what a great idea. Let's, let's shine this flashlight around. 
Do you think the adults in the other car can see us? Do you think that they remember that we're here? There's a huge T-Rex in between our cars. Do you think they can see oh, us? Oh, God. Maybe I should turn this flashlight God. on. You know what? That should have been that should have been a little Timmy. Because, fuck. Just did that. That should have been a little Timmy taking that lamb and then just, like, just putting all the blood over his face and then, like, throwing the lamb leg with the flashlight. At the all right, Max. Ma- Max, I'm going to have to talk to your wife. You're never having kids. Timmy, Timmy would have been like uh, Marlon Brando in the end of Apocalypse Now. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the th- here's a question: Why are the grandkids there? Why oh, are they there? Oh, oh, if oh, you're, oh, if you're testing, if you're testing your fucking super elaborate dinosaur park, never been tested before, and you're trying to get these very valuable stakeholders on board so that they'll fund this goddamn thing. Why would you ever invite your grandkids to be part of that? Tim, 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 Tim. There was, uh, John Hammond explained this earlier in the movie. You may have missed it. It is a, it is a airtight explanation. Uh, he was trying to come out to the, uh, he left a little bit early, uh, to, to go out to their dig so he could be with his daughter while she was getting a divorce. I can only assume that the children did not want to be a part of that. That 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 they wanted. They said, you know, you have a you have a choice to testify in your parents' divorce or go to dinosaur land. And I can't ch- tell if he's being serious or not. No, no, they literally <laughs> that. now they get in the van. Say that John Hammond says that at the dig site. Also, they're a part of their target target demographic. He's what he says later too. We got kids. Kids like dinosaurs. He wants to chasm. No, these kids. I, I think you're wrong. He was going for the target demographic of of forty plus divorcees that were going to identify with Jeff Goldblum's character. Um, that's a strong point. It's a I really mean, strong point. You got to put the pieces together here, boys. One plus one equals Read two. Between the, the lines. One plus one equals Goldblum. <laughs> so uh, the, after the T Rex breaks up, though, and they, you know he starts mauling the kid's car. Grant gets the flare. Goes what? to work on that oil pan and those tires. Yeah, he's yeah he's going to town. I like that like the T Rex has like he has his eyes closed. He's just like gumming on the on the car. He's like mm, this is so good. And then Jeff Goldblum the bright idea to take off running towards Shit House USA. That 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 nice little wonderful tiki hut. So that's a little bit of a tidbit. So originally in the script, uh, Goldblum was supposed to just run away like the lawyer. But then he suggested that uh, Malcolm goes and like distracts a T-Rex with the flare, but is just like too reckless with it. So then the lawyer gets eaten. Oh, God. And... The look on the T-Rex's face in that moment. Like, even the, the T- even the T-Rex knew that this son of a bitch was just an idiot. How do you think that doo-doo, that doo-doo meat tasted? Yeah, it's very... I mean, he ate him from the, the waist up, so he probably didn't know. I think he ripped the other That's all we saw. I don't know. I, I think, think that T-Rex got a stomachache after that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like... It's... This is too greasy. <laughs> Deep pooped shrimp. Yep. Uh, probably just didn't really enjoy that chili and sea bass he had earlier. Like, oh god, who would you... <laughs> god, this is disgusting. This is insane. Sea bass. No judgment. <laughs> oh shit. Also, so how do they get? How do they get out of it? How does no no? no Sam, the car gets knocked over this the this retaining wall, right? Yes. Well, first, first, Doctor Grant looks like he's going to lose his balance. On a slab of concrete that is no less than six feet wide. He's not on a little balance beam. If you notice, he steps onto it and, and, and acts like he's going to fall. 
he has a good six to eight feet before he falls and looks like he's losing his shit. It's a little known fact. Sam Neill does a suffer of vertigo. <laughs> also, so, just a yeah. fun fact. I hope I hope you all noticed that the pen was there one moment. There mayhem ensues and then they turn back and now it's like a sheer just concrete cliff face. Yeah, anybody else that's, think that's, that's funny? Yeah. To anybody else? I guess people talk about Wait. that. People have drawn out like fake maps, being like, it was just the other side. Fuck those. No, it is Fuck not the other side. It's like so the other side's a cliff. Yeah. There was like, one wall. They were fa- like, where did the cars move completely? This this is just impossible. I mean, the car got yeah. ripped off by a by a T Rex. Right. Yeah, but it didn't like change them. Yeah. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I get another food delivery. Yeah, sorry guys. Can I just get just very briefly? Can I just get my Chinese food for like five fucking seconds? I I got shit to do. All right. So the lawyer gets eaten. Uh, Malcolm gets jacked up, and then Timmy gets thrown into a tree. Thank so God. then you cut back to Nedry again. I thought he was dead. Who? Little, little Timmy. God, I wish he was dead. Timmy should have been dead. Oh, I wish he was dead. He, he didn't have any seatbelts on, oh. and it was he was surrounded by broken glass. There were at least... And then he fell into a tree, airborne. He was least... saved by his handkerchief. Oh. <laughs> there were at least seven to <laughs> ten opportunities for that little shit to die, and none of them happened. He was a resilient oh. young young lad. Just because you share a name, Tim. What if Grant, after they get under, like get off of that cliff and they're walking, she's like, what about Timmy? He's like... Timmy's gone. I'm sorry. And just kept on walking. <laughs> yeah. They should do an alternate Jurassic Park where Grant doesn't learn how to like kids and just like kills them. <laughs> <laughs> he just leaves them both. Oh, that would be great. <laughs> just walks off into the jungle and then cut scene to like, cut scene to the visitor center and Laura Neal's like, where are the kids? She's like, they didn't make it. Oh, but, they're dead. Honestly, and, then, and then roll credits. <laughs> I feel like the kids are a commentary for just how, how children can ruin your life like, honestly honestly because if you look at it the chick sucks the little kid the, the little timmy boy sucks they're they're terrible terrible humans kids <laughs> where does where does the, the little girl end up after the thing goes over the, the wall after the car goes over the wall did she, you watch this movie tim i did <laughs> she's on, where she's, where she's on samuel's from? back what? They're rappelling down the, uh, the side of the... <laughs> I, I've seen them really multiple times. That doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> no, she, You're lying. Why are you lying? She's on, uh, she's on uh, uh, Dr. Uh, Dr. Grant's back rappelling, which again seemed like an incredibly awesome CGI scene. Because that, the timing of that, oh, it was awesome. That was awesome. Just in the next Really time. cool scene is flown down and then you get cut back to Nedry who's lost and he crashes again. This is now the second time and this is when he meets the Dilophosaurus. So a few things with this too. Did you guys notice when Nedry fell they had like that that sound effect like the z- <laughs> <laughs> They did. Supposed to be the uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the winch. He had the winch in the hand. I just thought it was like a fat guy sound effect that Spielberg was just having some fun. Back, we're going to go with your theory. We're going to go with your theory because I like that one more. Or actually, I, I know, uh, so George Lucas was supervising all the sound effects of this movie, so it might have been George Just Lucas. It's a little Looney Tunes sound. <laughs> <laughs> well, George Lucas I wonder if Steven like, will notice. Strange, like, noises. Like, look at R2-D2 and shit. Uh, uh, Tim, Tim, we're, 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 not talking, we're not talking Star Wars. That wasn't Star Wars. We're talking Wars. Pokemon. R2-D2 was not Star Wars? 
No. <laughs> did, he, did he make a cameo in Jurassic Park? He was. This is Jurassic Park flirting through. If you guys are sitting here trying to tell me that R two D two wasn't in Jurassic Park, then I'm about to hang up. R two D two is my they Jurassic Park movie. I don't know what movie you guys watched. Tim with R two D two. If they would replace Timmy with R two D two, thousand times better movie. That, I, I don't understand why he had to go back up into the tree. <laughs> <laughs> Just let him die. Natural selection. Anyways. Oh, so, yeah. all right. So the Dilophosaurus eats Nedry. I like right before, though, he eats him. Uh, Nedry's like, <laughs> I'm going to run you over on my way back down. Oh, the Dilophosaurus. He, he fucked up the movie. Nedry, this movie was so much better with Nedry in it. It's the classic mistake. What happens there is a classic mistake that many women have made with Paco in their lives where they Paco. think. You be Derek? Many, they, you know, they leave the car to go make, you know, hey, you know, I'm leaving. They can't come with me. They leave the door open, right? Next thing they know, they go back to the car. Paco's there. Same thing that happens with the Lapasaurus. Not even that. Next thing you know, Paco's in the car, and then his neck just folds out, and this huge umbrella starts spitting just nothing but black venom at him. You're lucky you haven't seen that side of me, guys. So let me let me run through. I know we've talked about this a few times. I would like to run through just a couple of different reasons why. And, and Tim, I would love a retort on this. Why little Timmy boy sucks. He gets stuck in the SUV, which then gets stuck in the tree. Then have to climb up and get him. Then the tr- fucking SUV falls out of the tree because he won't get out of the SUV. And then he has oh my god, the number of yeah, he's sh- just slow on the team. The man. number of shitty dinosaur jokes. That he has in this movie. Fuck that kid. Fuck that kid. I'm not going to go any further because there's two more that we're going to get to. God, fuck that kid. God. There's a simple explanation for it. Timmy is actually hates Sam Neill. Hates him. After he got kind of got re- rebuffed by him when they were first getting into the cars, he's like, this for guy. Sam Neill. So, so, Timmy, so Timmy decided, hey, I'm going to set up this elaborate plan. Or I'm going to kill Sam Neill and make it look like he just died falling down a tree in a car. Foolproof plan. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to just find a way to get all these dinosaurs let loose. So we've, talk- so we've talked about the similarities of me and the Dilophosaurus. Um, now we need to get back to the fact that they find Dr. Malcolm. Surprisingly. In Gennaro. Surprisingly, this T-Rex has just annihilated this shitty construction of a toilet and Dr. Malcolm has like a scratch on his leg going Put him uh, in the, oh, I'm not jumping ahead. Sorry guys. No, no, that's just the sound that Malcolm's making. That, that oh, is. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, they, they put him in the back of this Jeep. And the one thing that struck me at the age of 30 and having a driver's license that I got like a year and a half ago and it is the lack of acceleration of the Jeep Wrangler. Uh, they, they say in the movie earlier that the T-Rex has been clocked at a maximum of 32 miles an hour. They are driving this Jeep <laughs> for at least 250 yards, and it's gaining on it the whole fucking time. The fact that the Jeep Wrangler can't get over 32 miles an hour makes me extremely concerned about the ones I see on the interstate. And that's what makes Malcolm say, must go faster. Yeah. Well, Dune's like, uh, yeah, I know. Get off of the first shift, please. Oh, the best, the best character in the movie, Mr. Muldoon. So, also, though, I, I just love that that's happening. Like, you know, the T-Rex is chasing him. And then you got um, Laura Dern, who just has a, a couple of awesome screams. So, first, the T-Rex is coming up, and she's doing what every single real person would do in that situation. 
which is just screaming shit over and over again. Let's <laughs> go, shit! Shit! And then she has this, like, real nice horror, like, blood-curdling scream as the T-Rex is, like, getting ready to just eat the entire Jeep before they, like, move out of first to going into second gear, which gets them up to a nice steady pace of 33 miles an hour to outrun this T-Rex. <laughs> and then you get the good line of, do you think they'll be on the tour? So Gobble oh, immediately God. then, like, goes back to, like, and then he, like, cops a feel, and he's like, don't worry, I'm hurt. It's, it's, it's fine, it's fine. Let it happen. I know, but then we also have the the thing was an object in the mirror closer than they appear. Yeah, that's good. As, oh, the, yeah. as the dinosaur, classic. I, I still classic. think about that when I, when I look at the mirrors and I see that. I still think about. It. I was like, oh, what if the T Rex is just like right behind it? Mm, that that might be a medical issue, Max. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, they're in the tree. They get out of the tree. They find the dinosaur eggs. You get the life finds a way. Which then cuts again to Jeff Goldblum with that super sexy shot of his shirt unbuttoned all the way down. And he's just posing like a, like mm. a, what's her like Kate Winslet in Titanic. Mm-mm, good. Everyone's debating about shutting down the system because they'll have to reboot it. And you get that good hold on to your butts line again by Samuel Jackson. Well, well I think we've I think we've skipped past the point where we see Doctor or uh, John Hammond in the visitor center. And he is eating just an irresponsible amount of ice cream. Just an irresponsible amount. Of- I just skipped that. He's got seven gallons of ice cream in front of him. And I think what they originally think, I think it was a rewrite. Nedry was supposed to be in that seat. And <laughs> he's he's already gotten his shit eaten. They're like, Hammond, you're the next fattest guy. Sit down. Deal with it. And, you know. False. Hammond is a billionaire, but he is—he refuses to let twenty dollars worth of ice cream go to waste. <laughs> hey, spare no expense. That's yeah. Thank you. Yes. And then during that scene, though, like <laughs> Wayne Knight is behind the camera, just salivating the entire time watching that scene. <laughs> they had to edit out a lot of Wayne, on, Wayne Knight just like just, just licking his chop sounds. Heavy breathing by Wayne Knight <sighs> <sighs> in the background. Oh, he's got the chunky monkey. Oh, Jesus. Hold on to your butts part, too. So the system's reset, but all the breakers are tripped. So Sam Jackson has to go to the maintenance shed to reboot it. And this is a great idea, too, for them. So let's put our power sources away from the control center next to the most deadly dinosaurs in the park. And let's let the black man go turn it on by himself. The only black dude in the entire just, movie. They're like, that's sorry, just, Sam. That's just building code, guys. That's just building code. If you look in the building code, there's a section on dinosaur parks. <laughs> and it, 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 it says that exact thing. You gotta, you gotta have a designated black guy to go turn on the breakers in the middle of the jungle. Oh, it's, just, it's just safety. You think that's happening, so, though? Uh, Sam Jackson just like takes a deep breath. He's like, I'm gonna get eaten, and I... <laughs> His arm... Later on, is just the most natural-looking, you know. Looks good. Decapitated arm. Yep. But, Pretty solid. But uh, and th- th- then we get to see again, easily my favorite character in the movie, that sexy, sexy Muldoon, that amorphous blob of khaki that is Muldoon. Yeah, so we can just go through that. You have to get the Galmima scene, the T Rex busting out, and all that. So uh, they're setting up the blueprints, though, and this is another thing too that I noticed for the first time. So Hammond throws the like the big set of blueprints like right on Malcolm's leg, and then, like Malcolm winces, and Hammond just goes, "Oh, sorry." <laughs> my my favorite line in it is when I I forget who says it, but someone's trying to explain to Hammond how to read the plans, and he goes, I know how to read a schematic. <laughs> the most indignant thing ever. And then he immediately goes, wait, no, I sh- you should have taken a right. 
And then Jeff Goldblum, of again, of course, the voice of reason in this movie says, just follow the pipes above your head. All right, so as uh, Muldoon Sailor head to the maintenance shed, they find that the raptor pen is all torn up. Really, you could have just this line in the movie, and everyone would still like it as much. It's when Muldoon is recklessly following this, <laughs> all of a sudden, like, a lone raptor, even though he's like a raptor expert. And he knows that he there's three. It, and then he sees the raptor come out of his periphery on his on his right, and he looks at her, and he goes, instead of... Instead of whipping the fucking, like, massive bazooka shotgun he has out <laughs> and shooting this thing in the fucking face, he goes, he takes the time to take a beat, looks at her and goes, clever girl. Clever girl. <laughs> and then gets oh. eaten. And the oh. movie could end there and there would be standing ovation. <laughs> also, uh, you know, honestly, I wouldn't. I, I would, I was distraught. You know, I, I will say that, that, well, dude, again, just credit to his character uh, is the only person in this movie that actually calls them by their gender-specific name. Mm. He says, shooter, clever girl. Oh, just just brilliant acting. No more to say about it. Okay, so we'll move on then. Also, <laughs> Laura Dern has some uh, pretty good athletic moves, too, when she's, like, hurtling over trees and, like, jumping over branches and doing pull-ups and everything. The Jurassic Park Olympics, I was going to say. The origination of parkour. The origination. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, God. It's like, just jump over the log, lady. It's, like, two feet off the ground. On the way back, when did she sprain her ankle? Because she's running like a mad woman getting in there, and then she gets in there, deals with all this shit, comes back out, and she has, has a severe limp. She's got the flashlight tied around her leg. Oh, and she's like, sorry. yeah, she's just like running. She just, yeah, she didn't take it off. Apparently I was just asleep for this movie. At the same time, the grand of the kids are getting to the end of the T-Rex complex. And then Timmy gets fried while Lawler Dern turns oh. on the breakers, which is Derek's favorite part of the movie. Oh, God. The angle at which he flew off of that fence is so unrealistic. He flew off it at an 85 degree angle. Uh, I mean, almost straight off the fence, comes off of it, and I'm thinking, God, thank God he's dead. He's he's finally eating his shit, and he's got to deal with it. No, no, no. God damn it, Doctor Grant, you got to revive the son of a bitch. Just let the PG, boy die. It's PG. God's plan. Oh, and natural selection is a very, very <laughs> valuable trait in this world. A me- uh, a person with that handkerchief. Tie it around their neck does not die easily. Mm. That's just a fact of life. Everyone knows it. It's yeah, well <laughs> said, Tim. Oh, Jesus Christ. But uh, as Tim oh. gets electrocuted, um, you get the raptor just jumping out of the breakers. That's, you know, going straight out of oh. And then you get the uh, the nice old, like, hand on the arm gag by Sam Jackson as well. I fully expected that arm to be holding a smoking cigarette when it <laughs> fell on her. It's a dead Samuel L. Jackson, but somehow he's still puffing away. <laughs> oh, just, no, no, no. Because, again, he didn't puff on any cigarettes. The thing is, he just let him and just let him hang. So I thought, yeah, that cigarette's got at least an hour. All right, so then this goes into um, the fourth or fifth time that Tim should have died. So uh, Grant and Saller reconnect, and the kids go back to the visitor center into uh, the dining room, and they're just eating Jello and have, have the nice Jello ad. That's probably been sitting there for upwards of 12 hours at this point. Thank you, Alejandro. It's just artisanal. <laughs> artisanal gelatin. No, ooh, <laughs> na, na. <laughs> so uh, they, they run into the kitchen and they start hiding. And 
I always love this part when they. Uh, Velociraptor kitchen. <laughs> so I, I love I always love this this part though when the raptor just like walks into the into the room and just starts smashing his head on the on the uh, the top of the roof like over and over again. It's one of those I things where signaling the other raptors. <laughs> it's a raptor call. Bax, listen, I'm just re- I'm just telling you what science is. This is science, okay? This is Tim Begin, our our uh, our, our relative scientist here. I'm a, pale- I'm a paleontologist. I'm a, a paleontologist. I'm a, a crypto paleontologist. Well versed in raptor communications. Tim, go ahead. <laughs> that's that's it. That's just a raptor. <laughs> no, no. I I mean that I, I, I agree with Max. It's just, it's it's a ridiculous why would why would the raptor be smashing its head on this thing? No. Am I the only one that thinks a, a raptor in a very tightly confined space with a tile floor? These things don't have like fucking sneakers on. They're not like Michael Jordan on a basketball court. These things are gonna be slipping around. I'm easily outmaneuvering a raptor in that kitchen. I'm not hiding. I'm running. I'm yeah. fucking deking yeah. it out. I saw you on the softball field. You're not outmaneuvering that raptor. Dude, Did you I see am... the way that, that raptor tapped its toe on the ground? Just the... Dude. Uh, Tim, I saw your ver- – I, I, we, we need to have to come to Jesus right now. I saw your vertical leap on the softball field today. You saw my relative speed. We're both, we're both dinner. We're both dinner. Shenanigans. I am Barry Sanders in that kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> Having watched the movie, we all recognize the only way to really escape a raptor is to close your eyes, throw your arms up in front of you, scream, <laughs> and run. Because that's obviously the only way anyone is going to get out of this, you know, well, a la little girl. Also, it helps to be in a room full of reflective metal. That was a nice touch. Raptor sees her. I mean, if I'm, if I'm, strategizing my my optimum my optimum room to outrun a raptor it's reflective metal and it's me as the worst character in a movie with a heavy limp that's outrunning the fastest creature on the fucking planet god i fucking hate him <laughs> not you Tim, little tim alejandro is is let me just say chef alejandro did a wonderful job cleaning all the kitchen equipment spotless I couldn't be happier that he clearly made it on the boat Alejandro, I feel like there needs to be some fan fiction written about Alejandro and, and his story about this whole thing. That he saw this coming. You know, he, he made his jello, he made his Chilean sea bass, and, and got the fuck <laughs> off that island. You know what I mean? So, Chef Alejandro's going to have a pretty uh, rude awakening on when he comes back to work on Monday and opens up the freezer, and there's just a frozen velociraptor inside of it, right? He, like any good chef, will take that raptor and turn it into a wonderful soup. A wonderful <laughs> meal of sea bass and chili. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's seen Top Chef, right? Where it's just like, hey, here's a bunch of shit you can't make any good food out of. Get right. at it. It's like, oh, okay, here's a frozen raptor. All of a sudden, Guy Fieri shows up and is like, <laughs> I, can't, <laughs> I can't do a Guy Fieri. <laughs> so, Tim, I've got to point something out. I've got to point something out here. You, you're implying that, that Alejandro would have died from this vote. Velociraptor, but I have to tell you, I'm not sure if you know this. There was such a thing as the Ice Age, killed all the dinosaurs. This dinosaur is in a fucking freezer. Dinosaur's cooked. He's done. He's done. Done. I'm I'm saying Alejandro's taking this dead dinosaur, 
thawing it out and making a, a fabulous meal out of it. He's not going to waste that dinosaur. Oh, no, you don't waste dinosaur. You don't waste, waste. If there's one thing I know in this world, you don't waste good velociraptor mm-hmm. meat. Right. You can right. get some good raptor mm-hmm. ravioli out of that. Especially when it's just handed to you in the Velociraptor kitchen. So what? Okay, so, so we're getting back, <laughs> back to, to the movie, escaping the God, Velociraptor. It's way too long. Getting back to the control room. All right. Yes. Tim's girlfriend almost gets her foot bit off. So yeah, they're they're uh, Lex is getting the system set back up, and you got the Velociraptors trying to open up the doors. And again, this is where Tim is just being a fucking asshole. So they can yeah, reach good. for the gun. And Tim is just watching his sister just navigate the computer system with a mouse. It's like, why doesn't he just go over and give them the gun? Also, also, quick point. This this chick can hack into a computer system that she is completely unfamiliar with. But earlier in the movie, she couldn't figure out how to turn off a fucking flashlight. (laughs) Can we talk about that? Like, that, that blew my mind. When I thought about this blew my fucking mind she can navigate a map based computer operating system which makes no sense but cannot turn off a, a typical flashlight Preble, i think you have a you have a fairly good take on this whole map operating system in this computer i i can't even make heads or tails of what's going on no, here. i mean it just it's like a classic like computers are new nobody knows anything about them and steven spielberg was like you know it'd be interesting you know it's the best you know user interface why don't I just have the person hovering above a map of various <laughs> different, and that's how we'll do it, right? Like, if that was a typical, like, a UI that we have to, I mean, granted, again, like, Apple IIs were out, right? Like, there were, like, user interfaces that could have done this. Meanwhile, like, you know, if this was a regular thing, we, she could have just clicked the drop-down menu and be like, all right, yeah, you know, close, you know, lock doors, click. Meanwhile, she has to, like, float, and Timmy's slapping on the back of her chair doing a whole bunch of nothing, I'm just, just like, who? Like, this is like Steve. Yeah, it's just, again, Steven Spielberg just not appreciating like technology exists. And he's like, you know, it would be really funny. Why don't we just have this ridiculous system where it's just, she's like searching, like literally searching, like, oh, I'm in the security section. Let me go over to the pen section. And why do all the old computer? Why do all the computers in this movie like make those sounds like working? Like they're running across this like, strange fucking like file landscape that seems to be geographically correct within the park and there it's going Tim you clearly don't remember wired internet access no that's I don't don't remember that I still need to hear I still need to hear that before I jerk off (laughs) So they get into yeah. So they're going into the vents, and then you get the last uh, action scene of the movie. So they're uh, I guess they're they get out of the vent. They climb onto a bunch of these uh, dinosaur bones, and the raptors also oh. climb onto them as well. And they get into first time a- I saw this. First time I saw this, fully expected a Fred Flintstone just sliding down those <laughs> dinosaur bones. Oh, running in running in place. This dirt's just kicking up. Oh yeah, yeah. Yabba dabba Oh my god! <laughs> just mauled by. Oh, yabba dabba! Oh, dinosaur! <laughs> so uh, the raptors about to, you know, they they circle uh, everybody and they're getting ready to pounce on them, and then uh, T Rex comes out of nowhere and just starts eating the Velociraptors. Ridiculous! I, I, so many problems with that scene. 
so many problems. Again, we've already established early in this podcast that, that dinosaurs can tiptoe. But if you notice in that scene, I, I took a quick paused moment to see that that dinosaur's hip bones were taller than the fucking door it came through. <laughs> I don't know how the dinosaur got in there, but you know what? I've got to say, no holes in this movie. Perfect movie. So, you know what, guys? This is just... I mean, this is just an ADA requirement. That This was passed back in the 80s when dinosaurs were fighting for their rights to be able to get into buildings, okay? This is just straight-up building code 101. I'm surprised you guys don't know it. Tim, I mean, our ADA rights activist. Yeah, I was going to say, I believe, uh, Tim, I'm sorry, I believe it's the DDA, the Dinosaur Disability Act. Um, yes, uh, yes, the, the Dinosaur uh, Disability uh, Act. The Dan- and I'll, and the I'll tell you what, it's been a, it's been a real, you know, it's a real landmark <laughs> landmark piece of legislation. I think. <laughs> sure. I, I, and also, at this point, I love they, they get out the T-Rex that's been pretty much hunting these people down. Is there is it becomes a protagonist at the end to the of the point movie. that he's following them that he's just waiting. Yeah. yeah, they get out. They get out. He's like, you know what? Fuck these people. I'm gonna eat these other fucking dinosaurs. They get out, and 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 Doctor Grant clearly stipulates that he is not going to endorse this park. And then what's the line, that. guys? What's the line at the end that Hammond says? I don't Nor know, am I. Tell Something us. Like that. So have I. where's that recorder at oh god i wish i had it i wish i had it yeah because we need to play that again all right yeah so the the movie fades out or whatever with them just you know they're in the helicopter you get the nice music you get the birds flying tying back into birds being dinosaurs and the movie ends and that's where the movie should have ended and they never should have made another five or six of them. But we'll get to I, that in future episodes, folks. I cannot wait to get to the next episode. Yes. So, a couple of things here before we uh, close out. So, I'm going to go over some casting what-ifs. So, for Alan Grant, they originally offered the roles to William Hurt and Harrison Ford. And they oh, both Harrison said no. <laughs> Who was... William Hurt. <laughs> it starts out so strong. It's so good. I like the first like couple bars are like pretty all right. Now it's just it's like a falls off a cliff. So, uh, to, but to answer your question, Tim, uh, William Hurt's the guy who turned down the role of Alan Grant. Yeah, but who? What else has he yeah, been? What else has he been in? <laughs> He's a. Um, no, he's the uh, so he's a scene. What's it? Oh, oh my god! But like a view from Vendetta, he's like the the bad guy in it, the guy that's on TV. From uh, he's also no, that's that's know. uh that's um John Hurt. Oh, John! I'm sorry. Yeah. Wait, is William Hurt the big tall guy? William Hurt then? is he's probably not gonna be in anything you've ever seen, Tim. Like he, I know he was bigger in like in the the 80s. Like he did um, broadcast yeah, the Purple news. Rose of Cairo. Uh, Okay. History of Violence. Yeah, I, I've States, heard of that movie. Dark City, <laughs> Lost in Space. I may or may not be. Yeah, in Lost in Space. I'm no, Space. that's right. He is in Lost in Space. He's the dad. He's the dad in Lost in Space. Yeah. Okay, okay. I've seen that. And then uh, Tim Harrison Ford is also another actor who turned down the role of Alan Grant. Harrison Ford was in a movie called Air Force One. Tim. Um, mm-hmm. 
He's also been in numerous other wonderful, wonderful movies. Um, a couple of which you may have heard of. Have I've heard of. often thought that uh, Harrison Ford would have been good as Han Solo in Star Wars, but it's kind of <laughs> most I, most I, have said that. I yeah, I just was upset when they cast Matt Damon in that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it didn't seem like it was a good fit. But yeah, especially since yeah, Matt Damon was only four years old when they cast him as, as Han Solo. I know it's like you're trying to sit here and tell me that this four year old's gonna have sex with this bun haired lady. I don't believe it. Yeah, so uh, that was a mistake on... Uh, I mean, I can understand Harrison Ford turning it down because he just had other stuff that he could have done, but William Hurt turning it down, just not a good move on his part. Yeah, it's, yeah. That, that's, yeah, that's a blemish. And I, I can't blemish. even picture him in this movie either. Like, I mean, Sam Neill does a good job. I, I think he's pretty much kind of doing like a Harrison Ford knockoff, like wearing the fedora and everything, but he's still good. Um, and then, so <laughs> as far as uh, Ellie Sadler goes who uh, Laura Dern played. So there's a bunch of people that are like auditioned for it. And it was uh, Sandra Bullock, Gwyneth Paltrow, Robin Wright, Julianne Moore, Helen Hunt, Terry Hatcher, and Elizabeth Hurley. Oh man, Elizabeth Hurley. That would have been a sexier, sexier movie. That running scene would have been completely <laughs> different. Yeah. It would have slowed it down. There would have been oil involved. That's when Michael Bay would have stepped in. <laughs> it's like, why is everything else moving at normal speed except for her? <laughs> because I'm an artist. It's art. Appreciate it. <laughs> I can see. I mean, Robin Wright would have been good in it too. I think. But besides that, every, everyone else is just like, nah. Yeah, I mean, it's just yeah. I was gonna say it's it's odd when you think of like other people because you come to closely associate these roles with other people. But yeah, I yeah, if Sandra Bullock was in that. I would have been like, what the fuck is this? <laughs> She's just blankly staring at the dinosaurs. Like, it's, I mean, she would have. She would have survived, though, because if you make any sudden movements, they don't see you. So, I mean, she would just be standing there with her mouth open the whole time. Exactly. You're doing perfect. <laughs> All right. So then, um, as far as Ian Malcolm goes, Jim Carrey only got the role. Apparently, uh, he, like, nailed the audition. And this was before Ace Ventura, so he was a no-name still. Uh, but the uh, casting director wanted Jeff Goldblum. Like, she had him in mind for the role. So uh, Great fucking call. Yeah, that, yeah, that would have been I was going to say, I love Jim Carrey, but that's... That's like a nightmare and a half. I mean, when you see Jeff Goldblum, you think of Jurassic Park. And when you think of Jurassic Park, you think Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. I agree. So uh, then for John Hammond, so uh, Richard Attenborough, so he went out, of, he came out of retirement. He had been like an Oscar winning director. He hadn't done a movies in a couple of years. And he came out of retirement to do this movie specifically. But they uh, did offer the role of Sean Connery. And he turned it down because he wanted too much money. This movie would have been so much better with Sean Connery. Welcome to Jurassic Park. You know that he would have been slapping the the, the kids around too. Oh, and fuck! If there's one kid that needed slapping around, it's little Timmy Two Ass. He almost said Timmy Beige. Oh. <laughs> but I want to know who Sean Connery's agent is, though, because he turned down the role of Gandalf, and he was going to get like a ten percent of like the the gross like the gross profit of the movie, and he turned that down, and then he turned down Jurassic Park. It's like literally like the two biggest movie series of like the 90s and 2000s. He's like, no, I'm good. I just want to do this uh, irrelevant movie instead. What about the leave extraordinary gentleman, right? <laughs> extraordinary gentleman or dope. It's like, oh, God. This Jesus. is a very good point, Preble. Yep, they, yeah. He retired after that movie. I think he uh, realized then it's like, how much money did that other movie make? Oh, how man. many billions? Oh, God. All right. So a couple of other things as far as trivia goes. So. This movie's 127 minutes long, but only 14 minutes of it actually have dinosaurs in it. 
And then only oh. four of those minutes are CGI. So they had real dinosaurs for the rest of the time? <laughs> the other ten minutes were actually real dinosaurs. <laughs> That's what I can believe. That's what I understood. Especially the, the Dilophosaurus. Yeah. It's it. interesting that they got all those dinosaurs to come out of retirement, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they convinced them, but not Sean Connery. This is yeah, like exactly. a bizarre, bizarre situation. Well, I mean, if they would have had Sean Connery, it would have been like an hour and 14 minutes of dinosaurs. Superb, bro. For the for the for the second for the second time in this entire podcast. Goodbye, everyone. (laughs) Get the hell out of here. I'm not holding this mic, but I'm gonna drop it anyway. Uh, So also, uh, Spielberg started filming Schindler's List while they were in post production for Jurassic Park, and uh, after these two movies, he took four years off. So he said he just got super burnt out because he was doing like this extremely emotional movie that was like filmed on location in Auschwitz. And then he was having four teleconferences each week with all the guys that were doing the post-production for Jurassic Park. So he's like going through all this just pain and suffering. And then he's got, he's on like a teleconference and the guys are like, like, uh, you want the T-Rex to move like three or four times when he's uh, eating the lawyer. Hot take, Mm -hmm. hot take. They should have incorporated it too. Schindler's List would have been so much better with dinosaurs. <laughs> Wait, hold well, on. I, again, I'm, again, I'm confused. You're telling me there weren't dinosaurs <laughs> in Schindler's List. <laughs> I mean, black, yeah, and white, black and white is conducive to dinosaurs. It was their time, you know, 65 million years ago. That's when the, the Holocaust happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right, now no one else is listening to this. Jesus. Abraxas. <laughs> well, certainly, certainly no one of the Hebrew faith. <laughs> yeah, we were That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> and we love when people burp on fucking Mike. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, okay, so next time. All right, actually, yeah, let's go into the third part of this. So we're going to just go over real quickly. Who's your favorite and who's your least favorite character in this movie? I think we all kind of have an idea of who our favorite and, fa- and uh, least favorites are. But we can say it anyway. Derek. I'll be. I'll be happy to begin. Um, least favorite character, that shitty little Tim boy. Oh, fuck that kid. Fuck that kid. Again, I, I didn't finish. The electric fence, all the all the little bastard had to do was climb down. And oh, one thing we didn't talk about in the Velociraptor kitchen, knocks the ladle off the... Oh, fuck that kid. Fuck yeah, that yeah. kid. Favorite, clearly. Those thighs. Mr. Muldoon, me, yow. <laughs> Nothing more to say. On to the next person. Case closed. <laughs> I, I'm in. I'm, I'm in the same same camp. I mean, I say this movie could go without the kids, but Spielberg loves to have kids who have issues in all of his movies. So you know, you need to have them in it. But I could have cared less if they both got eaten by dinosaurs in this movie. Muldoon, yeah. Goldblum, yep. I'll say for this, though, um, I'll, I'll just say, I'll say uh, Nedry. Nedry is your favorite. He's not, but just for this, he will be. Okay. <laughs> Nothing would have happened if it wasn't for him. That's true. If he just got that little raise, everyone would have been fine. Well, we need to skip right over Tim, because we know that Tim's favorite character is, uh, is, is, is what's his name? The guy that Nedry's talking to. Uh, the child molester. Dotson. 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 No, easily no. Tim's you guys favorite are, character. You guys are totally wrong. My favorite character is out of left field. 
and it's none other. It's none other than Doctor Wu. <laughs> we didn't even talk about him. Played, played by none other than the psychologist on Law and Order SVU, Wong. Easily the best character in there. And um, the least fit. What's that? I said he definitely seemed like the most composed character. He knew what he was doing. He was off that island. He did. With his notepad. He knew exactly when to get off that island. Checking off. Should I leave now? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) What about you, Brad? And my uh, least favorite character is uh, Hammond. I mean, Mm -hmm. the guy just sucks. He's arrogant. He's got white hair. (laughs) Lands a helicopter on top of a velociraptor. Right. Fuck that guy. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I, I'll say you know Timmy's probably yeah because it's the most obvious person that that's that's of you know limited qualities. But you know what? My favorite person. This one's coming out of left field and right field at the same time. It's Alejandro. Oh. It's Alejandro. <laughs> oh yeah. yes. He's the only person that actually did his job well <laughs> every time. Everybody else is just constantly constantly making you know egregious errors and like causing people their lives Alejandro made made the food and made he the made the jello did all yeah he made that chili and sea bass not Chilean sea bass chili and sea bass delicious and laid out that ice cream and that's really it I mean he's he's a killer he's a top 10 out of 10 oh can't argue can't argue with that one uh, all right going to the next segment so if Mark Wahlberg was in this what would he be confused about? Oh, God. So many things. So Probably many. why there are all so many dinosaurs. He's like, I thought dinosaurs died back in the 1970s. What's going on? What's going on here? Bullfrog oh, DNA. What's that? I, why are so many fucking kids? Who's driving this I car? I think Mark Wahlberg is typically, if I had to guess about what he's confused about 99% of the time, I would have to guess he's confused about where he is. <laughs> he's probably always just like, wait. Where the fuck are we? Isla Nublar. New what? Isla Nublar. <laughs> what? No big deal. Isla Nublar. Isla Nublar. Donnie, get over here. This guy's saying something fucking stupid. <laughs> what are you calling me? <laughs> <laughs> and then Donnie Wahlberg does a terrible moonwalk over there. Oh, Donnie Wahlberg. <laughs> One of the other brothers throws a sandwich, throws a right. hamburger at him. All right, man, it's bad. <laughs> You know that Mark Wahlberg would try to get a franchise on Jurassic Park. There would be like a Wahlburgers Jurassic Park restaurant. Yeah. And you also know that he would have a massive issue with uh, Asian doctor su- like supervising all of the uh, the dino embryos. Jurassic, oh, that, Jurassic pork? That scene would have gone very differently, Max. <laughs> it probably would have ended with him pleading with another Boston circuit court judge <laughs> about why he should, he should have his egregious physical assault that he perpetrated and didn't spend any time for uh, wiped off his record because he's rich. That's right, folks. That happened. (laughs) Tim, how else is he going to sell that smart water that he's been working, that he's been hawking for so long? (laughs) That's a good point. Just a a Mark Wahlberg commercial where he's beating up an Asian man and stops (laughs) in the middle to hawk hawk vitamin water. This is Dicks in a Back Row brought to you by Wahlbergers. Uh, Have you ever wanted to per- persecute a man for this race, but felt too tired? Try vitamin water. <laughs> Try Wahlburgers. Watch our TV show. Eat our food. 
Listen to my shitty music. <laughs> Watch my movie with a fucking teddy bear in it. You ever work up a sweat when you're throwing rocks at Metco kids? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever gotten unfairly killed by plants? <laughs> and we've lost all listeners. <laughs> oh, thank God for editing. Oh, I'm keeping this all in. Oh, yes, God. Max, you have to save us all from being fired. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to go into the last segment. So unlike IMDb with an easy 0 through 10 score, or Ron Tomatoes with their dumb certified fresh percentage score, we're just going to do our own damn scoring system. For me, I would give this three shirtless Jeff Goldblooms out of two. Because two just isn't mm. enough. I, I, I would give this three Alejandros. <laughs> Three, <laughs> three Alejandros out of uh, a Chilean sea bass meal. So clearly, saying a lot. Is it spicy? Oh God! I mean, with a name like Alejandro, how is it mm, not? That's true. I mean, that's that name itself is spicy. Certified fresh. Certified <laughs> fresh. I would give this eight out of eight Law and Order SVU episodes. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, I'm probably going to give this one 17 out of four shaking jello bowls. Uh, <laughs> I think that's probably the best one I can think of. Alejandro, uh, you live forever. Uh, Alejandro's his, his good work is, is always, always on display. All right. Well, that was the first episode of the Dicks in the Back Row. Gentlemen, I had a very good time. And we hope you all hated it. <laughs> if anyone is still listening, you get a gold star. Good job, everyone. Yeah. And you yes. get you get fourteen to fifteen shaky Jello bowls. You get a free Wahlburgers cheeseburger. You can redeem this gift at any Wahlburgers. There, there might give you some pushback. You just got to be <laughs> free about it, though. You can redeem this at any Wahlburgers that serves minorities. <laughs> <laughs> what you need to say is the dicks in the back row sent me here. <laughs> All right, so that was the first episode of the dicks in the back row. We appreciate everyone who's still listening, if that is anyone at all. The next episode we're going to be doing is Jurassic Park 3. So we're going to be going from the good, which we already trashed, to the not-so-good, which I can imagine... Strongly disagree. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we just have to find out in the next episode. Well, Preble, Max, Tim, I had a great time. Uh, Can't wait to, to talk to you guys on our next episode. Paul 13, signing off. (laughs) (laughs) This episode is dedicated to William S. Dooley. I'm assuming his middle initial is S. Dooley will not be listening. (laughs) (laughs) He cannot even handle us on a text message. He doesn't even respond to that. (laughs) Two hours of this, he literally is hell. (laughs) Sam would find him hanging from a rafter in his attic. I can feel just the, <laughs> the heat radiating from the back this of his neck while listening Johnny's to this. Water torture for Bill <laughs> oh, shit. God damn it. Oh, God. <laughs>